You are in Daggerfall. It is 6.21 a.m. on Morndos the 9th of Morningstar. In the eyes of the law of Daggerfall, you are undependable. You are healthy. It's it's getting less curse, the music is, every time. Okay, because okay, I am working on remixing it, so <laughs> okay, well. remains to be seen. We can we can get either more or less curse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Good Grief, an eclectic walking tour of the Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall. It's about the journey, not the destination, and we are your faithful tour guides. I'm Daisy. When we last left off, we had stopped off-roading and actually found a road that's kind of going in the direction we want to go. Um, we're mostly, we, we stopped at an inn, we slept... And it, we got up bright and early. We're on our way. How are you do, doing this fine morning? Because we do this in the morning, and sometimes we are sleepy when we start. We, yeah, we are. Uh, I am extra sleepy because I was up at 3 to help my partner get ready to go on a trip. Um, and it is also just, it's very cold. Mm-hmm. Canada's really cold out. And so I'm I'm all bundled in in woolen fabrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I've been up for a little bit because I went to bed a little early because for whatever reason, uh, I have been sleeping for like 12 hours lately. <laughs> like That's mildly concerning, like, actually. Like for like three days in a row, I'm like, I'm tired at 11 and I wake up at 11. Um, but then like, I'm fine. For the most part, like emotionally and physically, as far as I'm aware, I'm fine. Otherwise, uh, what are we drinking? I just finished a can of uh, ginger ale and lemonade, uh, which is basically I, I took the first sip and I was like, "Hang on a minute, this is Sprite." <laughs> That's really weird. Wait, did it come like pre-mixed? Yeah, it's or... it's Canada Dry ginger ale and lemonade, but made with a splash the... of real juice. Hey, what? I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, it was new to me too. And then I took it. I was like, "Oh, this is Sprite with a vague that's taste of ginger." Really, that's <laughs> so strange. Because mm-hmm. we have like cranberry ginger ale is my. Now that's, that's good. My, that's now good. that's good. Um, <laughs> I expected more from this for some reason. I don't know why. That's just like seeing it. It makes me think of like an Arnold Palmer, which like I never go out of my way to get the iced tea and lemonade. And it's like, why? Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm drinking Dr. Pepper. Nice. Yeah. Is there caffeine in Dr. Pepper? I think so. I want to say yes. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, there you there go. Is. It's also a lot, <laughs> also sugar, which helps a little bit. Okay, so I am first this week, and this week, what I, my, my thing, my, my thing that I'm talking about is uh, The Black Speech of Mordor, which I don't think you could get past an editor if you tried to put it in a book these days calling it that (laughs) um but no yeah so uh for those of you who don't know i am a big fan of constructed languages or conlangs as they are shortened to uh some people also call them synthetic languages because i'm a big fantasy nerd and i love tolkien and all that stuff and he's kind of sort of like the guy who made it popular Uh, and this is one of his languages albeit probably his least developed one the black speech of mordor is a in-universe conlang. It is a language that Sauron, the Dark Lord of Mordor, in case he's evil, bad guy, bad guy, evil, uh, created <laughs> um, to uh, for his his minions to speak, basically. 
not as a favor to them, but more as like, hey, here you can speak this because uh, we uh, the elves have their own language, and we're sort of making it also because Sauron and his dad Melkor ever um, ever jealous are constantly trying to ape what the good guys are doing. So it's kind of based somewhat off. It's it's like it's Sauron's answer to the various elvish languages, Quenya and Sindarin. Um, and what and whereas uh, Quenya and Sindarin sound sound like flowing and somewhat harmonic, like um, I don't know any actually don't know anything in Elvish now that I think. Oh yeah, there's like the line from the from the song uh, maybe uh, Mornier Alantier. Uh, that, that that's that like that's that's what it's, Mornier Alantier. Yeah, it's Mornier Alantier. That's like a small little phrase. Um, do not know what it means because I just hear it in the songs. I don't know Elvish as well. Um, <laughs> and so it sounds very... And meanwhile, uh, the black speech sounds like a... Ash nazgdurbatuluk. <laughs> uh, it's very um, strident and uh, harsh sounding. Very throatal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's um, not the term, but... No, it's know. not. I, I'm not so much of a linguist that I... Like, if, if I, even if I were a linguist enough to know what things like agglutinative, agglutinative met, meant, I would not... Um, I would not use that because no one else knows what that means. <laughs> okay, and the main thing, the really the only piece of the this language that Tolkien created, the Black Speech of Mordor, that it really exists is the inscription on the One Ring, which in English reads, uh, "One Ring to rule them all, One Ring to bind them, One Ring to bring them, no, One Ring to find them, One Ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them." Uh, oh, you would have gotten canceled if you no, no, I got if you let that nope. slide. I caught myself. I caught myself. Um, but no, I got that tattooed on my arm. And um, hang on, I have a little quote here from Tolkien. He doesn't t- like to. He doesn't talk about the Black Speech that much. It's uh, Tolkien did not write songs or poems in the Black Speech, apart from the One Ring inscription. Here's his quote. The Black Speech was not intentionally modeled on any style, but was meant to be self-consistent, very different from Elvish, yet organized and expressive, as would be expected of a device of Sauron before his complete corruption. It was evidently an agglutinative language, which I believe means that, like, when you combine aspects of the words, like you add, like, prefixes or affixes, like, eight or shun or pre or or that kind of, those kind of things, um, they don't tend to change the word that they are attaching to like they don't change the like the nouns or any of the other consonants they literally just stick them together i've tried to play fair linguist that that was an aside uh and he continues i have tried to play fair linguistically and it is meant to have a meaning not be a mere casual group of nasty noises though an accurate transcription would even nowadays only be printable in the higher and artistically more advanced form of literature according to my taste such things are best left to orcs ancient and modern so he worked on this language and because he made it sound bad he did not like it very much Um, Tolkien's attitude... Okay, I'm reading, basically reading off the Wikipedia article, because what is this podcast if not that? Um, yeah. From a fan, Tolkien received a goblet with a ring inscription on it in the Black Speech, at the base of it, I believe. Um, be- he... 
because he considered it such an accursed language, he refused to drink out of it and would only use it as an ashtray. And I learned that after I got that tattooed on my body. So <laughs> that's really funny, actually. Mm -hmm. I get the feeling he would probably not. Well, he's probably. He, I don't know how he feel. How, what Tolkien's attitude on tattoos are, but I mean, you're not giving him your body as I'm, a gift. I'm not. I am not, thankfully. <laughs> But no, it's the only it's it's a, it's a very f interesting little fact that it's a it's a constructed language that was constructed by a fictional character within the fiction, but also that of course was actually constructed constructed by Tolkien. Um, and then of course because you want it to be um, oh actually no, there's a little bit there. Uh, some of the orcs did speak um, black speech, but not very well. In fact, they often ended up sort of like uh, speaking a in his a more base form of it, so that it sounds like so it basically becomes a, a sort of orcish. <laughs> so even even in trying to get a, it to be a, a language that some people speak, Tolkien is not not Tolkien. Uh, Sauron did not do terribly well. Um, there's the only other written form of black speech that. Is not the one ring inscription is when a yellow fanged quote mordor orc curses an isengard uruk uh with ugluk ubagronk shapush dug saruman uh which wow. does not wow. get a translation oh wait okay uh in the peoples of middle earth christopher tolkien to uh jr uh, jolkin rolkin rolkin tolkien's son gave the <laughs> gives the translation ugluk to the cesspool shah the dung filth, the great Saruman fool, Sky. So some words don't get real translations. Okay, and however, in a note published in the journal Vinyar Tengwar, which apparently is an Elvish linguistic fellowship special interest group magazine, <laughs> it, it is translated Ugluk to the dung pit with stinking Saruman filth pig guts ga. So yeah, because Tolkien gave relatively little, like in the way of lexicon and, and translation for this language, uh, we uh, fans have kind of had to like sort of fill in the blanks. And of course, there's a lot of Tolkien's. They are called Tolkien scholars, apparently, um, who just like kind of study his creations and his languages and stuff like that. Um, brief aside, we have now we've come to a home. This place is called um, Greenford Hall. It looks to be just like an inn with a few houses. But we're not tired yet, so we're going to continue on our way. Okay, and then, of course, for the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy movies that Peter Jackson directed, they uh, hired a linguist to use what little is known to invent a couple of new phrases that, like, Sauron or someone utters and stuff like that. And this and all other sort of um, stuff that sort of expands upon what Tolkien wrote is referred to by uh, Tolkienists as uh, neo-black speech. <laughs> There is a there was a website up until 2019 called uh, thelandofshadow.com I believe that had like that had basically had one linguist's uh, sort of quite much much more expansive vocabulary and grammatical structure and stuff like that for black speech along with a bunch of other sort of re uh, resources and information about Mordor and the people uh, well, and, and the people that lived in it the, and people and orcs and Sauron and all that it was sort of it was just a fan site that really really loved the um, the uh, the aesthetic of the bad guys of Lord of the Rings 
but uh, up in, uh, in 2019, the, the the website went defunct, and now that library, as far as I can tell, is not anywhere else. At least not that that I can find from a cursory Google search. That's not the whole topic, but it is like uh, it's basically it's been compared to in real life a uh, an extinct Mesopotamian language called Hurrian. Uh, the Russian historian Alexandre Nemirovsky claimed a strong similarity, which had recently been partially deciphered uh, at the time of writing the Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Faust Kanger re re responded, the correspondent with Nemirovsky, and notes that Nemirovsky argued that Tolkien dis designed black speech after some acquaintance with Hurrian or Rertian languages. The evidence that Nemirovsky presented for this entirely linguistic based enti is entirely linguistic, based on similarities of the elements of the, of the agglutinative forms of black speech. Basically, the way that some of the um, the affixes sort of attach themselves, and the way that and the way that they're used grammatically was similar to those languages. And Tolkien was a well, of course huge linguist fan, yeah, <laughs> huge fan of languages generally, and so this and apparently a um, a, a, a tablet that had this language had recently been translated, and he was a part of that. I don't know if he was part of that uh, effort, but he definitely knew about it and read about mm. it. So, around the time that Lord of the Rings was being written. So it makes sense. Cool. Because it does seem like Tolkien kind of, like, basically made this language because, okay, these guys kind of do need the language, and I want to make a little bit of it just so that it makes sense, but ew, gross, nasty, gross sounds ew. <laughs> so we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> I have a question. What's your question? Does he kind of go and because it seemed I've never read Lord of the Rings and I've only seen Fellowship, mm -hmm. so I'm not I don't know anything. Um, right. Does Tolkien go into detail about the construction of other languages within the universe, or is it just the Black Speech of Mordor that is like this was a language that was made by this guy and this is why? It is the only like construct like language that has that that particular story. Um, however, other usually language like in the case of the dwarves, um, language was a gift from one of the uh, Maiar, which are sort of like the create the creator angels of Lord of the Rings lore to the dwarves. So it was like not so much created as so it was like they were like being gifted by a divine, but but with the with the ability to speak is not quite the same as creating a yeah. language. I know, I don't know a, a lot of the uh, informa uh, information about like I know that there's two different Elvish languages. There's Quenya and there's Sindarin, and I know that there's a story between the, the formation of those two. But I don't think it quite matches up with like someone created this language for others to speak. Um, it's just it's interesting to me that he makes the the big baddie like also a linguist. Yeah, kinda. Apparently not a good one because no one really caught yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The he he okay. created the villain of the story to be also a linguist that he hates because he hates his work. So Sindarin itself, there's a, a, the Elven language Sindarin or Grey Elven, is uh one basically it's a one family of Elvish languages, whereas Quenya. Okay, elves at first shared a common language, which is primitive Quendian, called Quendarin in Quenya. <clears throat> Among the Eldar, i.e. those elves who undertook the great march to Valinor and Eldamar, primitive Quendian developed into common Eldarin. Some of the Eldar remained in Beleriand and became the Grey Elves, and their language developed into Sindarin. 
Most of the other Eldar, most of the other Eldar continued to Eldamar, which is Elvenholm, in Amman, and found the great city of Tyrion, where they developed Quenya. So they're based, they're both two different languages that sort of naturally evolved from a a proto language, kind of like in real life. Except for in real life, it was created by Tolkien. Uh, so, but like he try, he did his best to emulate the processes that natural languages go through when they shift and change in over over the course of history. So there you go. That's the story of that. Wow. I don't think I have a lot much more to say about um, about the black speech specifically. Why did you choose that for your topic this week? Um, because it's something I know a lot about. Okay, well. <laughs> I know a lot about in as much as, like, I know as much as anyone else can know. Um, oh, no. There was one time. Okay, so a, a job I used to work at, there was a guy who... Uh, we, we were both onboarding at the same company and this was like a warehouse job and he had a he had a tattoo that was in like a very gothic font but it was in like English letters and it was is the word victory uh, and then it's the second line the word burzum which is black speech for darkness so his little so his little tattoo on his arm said victory over darkness in like this very Bram Stoker Dracula font. <laughs> and I thought that was quite I thought that was quite that funny. That is very funny. <laughs> so probably sort of indicative of his like personal struggles or whatnot. Would, would I don't I do not know how and how like how struggly this boy was. He maybe he maybe he it's it sounded kind of like he sort of combated suicide. Mm and that sort of issue or it might have just been like Ugh, no one understands me sort of levels of teenage edge who knows uh the guy quit like two days after so <laughs> and you know what good for him either way yeah he he was the smart one honestly <laughs> um <laughs> uh i was also gonna say i've never met a casual lord of the rings fan like a casual um, Tolkien fan, there always seems yeah, to be it, like it, if it, you're it, into it, <laughs> you know like eight levels of lore at minimum, and then you mm -hmm. get to Stephen there... Colbert level where he could like write each <laughs> book, rewrite each book by memory or something. Like he's some insane level yeah. of Tolkienite. I've now in a, I'm now in the town of Galliford, and I am gonna do a little bit of a little bit of stealing. Just a little bit of robbery, if I, if I can get if I can get away with it. Nope. Okay, not that one. Now, anytime I steal, there's a chance to go. Oh, there they are. Okay, the cops are here. Time to leave. <laughs> Time to run. However, I believe I only suffer a uh, like a an opinion pe like an opinion penalty with these kinds of folks um, in the event that I am caught. Mm. So if I, if I just run, I should be fine. It's not illegal if they don't get you. We want to avoid running when we can because running depletes like at a rate of like. It's not very efficient as a matter of like per mile traveled, basically. Is because uh, like I do move faster, but not but I my stamina depletes also much faster, which is not uh, necessarily what we want. Oh, I have another question. Uh, about oh, go thing. for it. Uh, I know, mm -hmm. I know, Elvish for sure has like a script. Um, mm -hmm. Does the Black Speech of Mordor also have a written script, or was it just kind of spelled out phonetically no, it, in it, the English language? It uses. No, it uses Elven oh. script. <laughs> Why? What? But like, but like a slightly different form okay. of it. 
It's like in in traditional uh, Teng Tengwar is the name of the alphabet of the Elven alphabet. And traditionally, what uh, the a uh, the marks for vowels because the way it works is it's read left to right. All the words in a sentence are clustered together. You just have to know where the difference where where the spaces are. Um, it's all the consonants, and every time there's a vowel, the vowel that it, it the the vowel is placed above there's like a mark like a diacritic basically that's placed above the consonant that it comes after in traditional in language so like the in like if if we were to say ring it would look like r with an i above it and g whereas in the script that black speech uses the vowel is placed above the letter it comes before so ring would be r n with an i over it g so there's a there's slight differences and there's like there's slight variations the, the way that it's written on the one ring is like the only font the only only space you see that font effectively mm -hmm. of tanguar so yeah uh i realized that i i kind of figured that out on my own as i was looking at it because i was looking at how to read or write tanguar and i'm like well, this vowel this little vowel mark is in the wrong spot then and then i realized what the consistent thing was like oh mm. they just placed it you placed it above the letter it proceeds rather than the letter it pro it follows all right so that's it for my topic so if you will bear with us we're going to take a short break and we're going to be right back with jude's topic yay Jude, what have you prepared for us this week? So, I have prepared a thing. Um, is it in any way related to the documentary you were watching yesterday? Or the no, it's absolutely not, is the thing. Oh, whiff, I'm gonna... Whiff! Swing I'm and gonna miss. jump <laughs> right into uh, just a description. VeggieTales is a popular CGI children's animation and media franchise enjoyed for its talking, singing vegetables, and its entertaining storytelling and silly songs. <laughs> oh, goodness. I forgot to relate Black Speech to Elder Scrolls oh. in some way. Yeah, um, you should do that before I get that, right it's, in. It's not that, it's, it's not that hard of a, of a leap. Elder Scrolls has, has fantasy conlang stuff going on specifically the first one that comes to mind is uh dova which is the dragon language in skyrim oh cool mm -hmm. i didn't realize the dragons could talk uh yeah um they do nice they just they just don't talk to you typically usually they're talking to you as them trying to uh kill you with their words so yeah veg i'll get i'll i'll circle back to todd um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Ve Veggie Tales is, as as stated on its own website, distinguished as the most successful Christian children's franchise of all time. Ve you know, I would not argue. I with also them. wouldn't argue with them on that. Veggie Tales originated mm -hmm. as a direct-to-video series and has grown to producing related products slash media in books, music, television, live shows, and two feature films, Jonah, a Veggie Tales movie in 2002, and The Pirates Who Don't so Do cool. Anything in 2008. Which was really boring and sleepy. Okay. So. <laughs> well, that's a matter of opinion. Um, mm -hmm. Veggie yeah. Tales launched an original Emmy-nominated wow, series on Netflix in 2014, 
and is releasing 26 all-new episodes from 2020 to 2022. The show is still going. 2014. There must not have been a lot going on in 2014 in children's media. Because, like, Emmy nominated? (laughs) I think, was Steven Universe happening then, or was that pre-Steven Universe? I think so, yeah. I mean, it didn't win. It was only nominated. Yeah. But still, the fact that it's like, they only nominate, like, what, five things in every category? I, I don't know. I don't follow awards anymore. I yeah. just get upset. Well, in any case, uh, still ongoing. I remember seeing the redesign and not liking yeah. it. Um, <laughs> I have an opinion as a, as a former Christian. Yeah, so that's one of the ways that it relates to us is that we both engaged in VeggieTales media as youths in slightly mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like, I wasn't raised super religious, um, but I did go to Bible camp and that had an impact on me. Um, but my parents were like, oh, cute, like singing vegetables and stuff. And it was like, you know, we were like culturally Christian, but my family didn't go to church. Um, and so my... You were North American. Yeah. yeah. Like, (laughs) it's a matter of cultural Christianity, but then I also fell down a rabbit hole of born again-ness. However, VeggieTales remains, you know, kind of a, a nice childhood memory, and some of the music still slaps. And last year, I got to be in a virtual VeggieTales drag show with two of my friends, and it was great. I know you talked at one point about doing the rumor weed. Is that the one you no, did? No, we what, remember what did we did, um, <laughs> so we did this Jesus Must Die from Jesus Christ Superstar, but we um, okay. dubbed in Daniel. Because we did the Daniel and the Lion's Den bad guy song. Right. Daniel's gotta yeah. die. Got Daniel to die. had to die, and we were the Green Onions, and it was the. Oh no! What did they the, do? One of the that's, that was their very first uh, feature, if I remember correctly. I think you're the, correct. God, God does, God. Uh, where's God when I'm scared? Yeah, that's their um, first credited like thing. Like that was one of their first stories mm-hmm. out there. VeggieTales has has always existed, and I think will probably continue to always exist. VeggieTales is older than time. Well, it's older than me, <laughs> which is really strange. They have a, a website with, you know, where you can buy DVDs of stuff in various uh, languages. There are games and toys. You know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't kind of want... I didn't realize that, like, Sweet Pea as a character... Like, I never saw her franchise, but the... Sweet Pea. The one with the... She's got the red hair, and she was also in Minnesota Cuke, and she's, like, the stand-in girl, but, like, adult girl person. And she's a pea. Well, she's in the Sweet, like, Sleeping Beauty parody... I don't know what vegetable thought, she's supposed oh. to be. I don't know her name was Sweet... That doesn't make sense. Well, Call her Sweet Pea. She's that's not her pea. name in the Sleeping Beauty parody, at least. Well, why didn't they make her... Whatever. <laughs> I, I could go into all the characters. You go into the, go into the more more popular ones. The, the Like the, the OGs, if you will. Okay, her actual name is Petunia Rhubarb, which is weird okay. to me also. Petunia Rhubarb. Well, at least she looks like a rhubarb. Yeah. Anyway. The main... She doesn't look like a rhubarb. What? She looks more like a rhubarb than a yeah. pea. Anyways, all the <laughs> characters... The naming conventions are very strange. Because sometimes they have something to do with the vegetable that the character is. 
or fruit. Mm -hmm. There are also fruits, because there's the paw grape and technically Bob the tomato. And uh, there's a peach. Right, and Madame Blueberry. Like, they're, so they're all uh, foods, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they're all, the, yeah, they are. None of them are meats. Yeah, that would get weird. <laughs> the main two boys are Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber. And every episode um, starts with, like, some kind of kitchen countertop scene where Bob and Larry introduce themselves and they get a letter from a child. And they read the letter and have a discussion about like they have they usually have like a little discussion which is usually bob being like a know-it-all and then they tell a story from the bible or semi-bible themed ish and they use that story to um answer the child's question in a in a god-honoring way and there's always a silly song with larry and the silly songs with larry are pretty great like there's the there's still yeah they're the most memorable parts of every episode and then there's like it's it's a segmented show like they're anywhere between 10 to 15 minute long halves mm -hmm. at the end of every show bob and larry receive a verse from qwerty um and there's the what have we learned song <laughs> which bob hates and <laughs> it's really funny the episode ends with them saying God made you special, and he loves you very much. And the credits roll. Apparently, mm -hmm. in the last few years, they've they've kind of started phasing out some of the, like, Bible-inspired um, stories and messaging and made it just more about being, like, a decent person and stuff. Um, I think that's that's more the theme of the, uh, the Netflix special that's currently on, which I have not seen yet. Um... Most of my memories of this show come from the the VHS tapes that we had growing up. And something that I never realized, because I always was like, oh, it's on a VHS, it's a movie. Um, no, these were like episodes of the shows. And I, and I don't know, in my brain, I thought they were like two and a half hour long epics. Yeah, like they were and they're, movies. And they're like 20 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah. Um, so some of, the, some of the popular, I guess, frameworks or pair like a lot of them are are parodies of other um other forms of media um some of them are just you know these are characters that exist and they live in a town and they do this um or it's like set in bible times and it's just a retelling of the bible story but with food puns yeah and sometimes 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 also they do change up the setting a little bit because the uh, i remember the uh the story of joseph and the magic technicolor leather vest <laughs> <laughs> um but like oftentimes it was also um just like they're it's just it's just a straight-up bible story instead of except for because to avoid violence instead of throwing spears and shooting arrows at the israelites the the uh Mm, the Jeric the Jerichites would just throw slushies at them. Yeah, so it was just it's a more it's a more kind of approachable, g very much G rated um, mm -hmm. type of situation. The pieces of media that are like parodied um, include like Batman and superhero media, uh, with the Larry Boy kind of arcs and stories. My favorite of which being uh, Larry Boy and the Rumor Weed. And if you haven't heard the Rumor Weed song, you should check it out. Because it's very <laughs> catchy. 
the character is so camp. Right. right. Minnesota uh, cute they... is Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Samson's hairbrush was the only one of those that I saw. Uh, Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes, uh, Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty. Lord of the Rings. Lord, yeah, so that's that's where I'm coming. That's where I'm coming back to. We're coming back to Lord of the Beans, um, <laughs> which was the 26th episode of Veggie Tales, but it does have a runtime of 52 minutes. So, I guess if this was taking after old PDJ, making things way longer yeah. than they actually are. So I wasn't necessarily <laughs> wrong in my brain to think that this was a movie because it was definitely longer than the Rumor Weed specials and stuff. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do have to say as well, the bigidea.fandom.com slash wiki, um, extremely detailed, like to a loving degree. And I'm like, whoever, whoever has been maintaining this wiki is like, I don't know, they're, they're doing, they're doing the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> so... Lord of the Beans aired it October 29th, 2005. Um, it was directed by Mike Naraki uh, and written by Phil Vischer. Um, Phil Vischer is also Bob the Tomato, and Mike Naraki is Larry the Cucumber. Uh, the voices. Yeah, the OGs. The, the OG mm-hmm. boys. And I don't think that has changed at all. Um Lisa Vischer is the other person who does, I think, stand in, um, like, female voices and stuff. And she mm-hmm. is married to Phil. Yes. Uh, she suggested to her husband, Phil, that the characters of vegetable VeggieTales are vegetables so kids could eat healthy instead of having candy, as the characters, as the characters Phil came up with. So she, like helped to create the lore make them vegetables and world building you also, you also get better like like no one has copyright on vegetables yeah. but like you can't make like a twizzler yeah. without <laughs> um and she voices junior asparagus primarily right which yeah. is just you know fun and cute but yeah so back to <laughs> lord lord of the beans there's just there's a lot mm-hmm. of very clever were like wordplay um mm-hmm. and you know so the old wizard is named randolph um toto baggy pants is june is junior asparagus <laughs> um <laughs> who else like bill Bo- bill boy baggy pants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh it's like uh archibald asparagus I believe. just again the wiki is like lovingly crafted and so detailed like seven pages of just stuff um <laughs> iracorn instead of mm-hmm. aragorn uh like played by a cucumber played by a cucumber know. it's fine <laughs> well and then there's lego lamb who is mm-hmm. a gourd um he's gruff but gourd. lovable dwarf Jimmy grumpy dwarf. just grumpy the dwarf just grumpy. Uh, yeah. Legolam's brother, known simply as the other elf. Who is a keyboard? No, elf. that's Jerry. That's also Jerry Gord. But he. That's, that's Jerry Gord. Jimmy Jimmy Gord plays yes. Legolam. And he basically he mm-hmm. he basically is. He like goes into a tree and makes cookies. 
He makes cookies for the sporks. Because instead of the orcs, there are sporks. Um, And the silly song with Larry for that, this special. So Larry the Cucumber plays Iracorn. And the song is an Elvis number about being an elf. Mm -hmm. And then Legoland Mm -hmm. comes out at the end of the song and is like, you're not elvish, you're an elvish impersonator. And it's my favorite pun in the entire thing. But it requires so much explanation. To... Like 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 he's wearing fake. Yeah, elves. and like <laughs> the gorgeous straight up rips them off of him. And he's like, you're, this is offensive. And it's like, okay. Right. And for those of you unfamiliar with um, Veggie Tales, you may think, how does, okay, so how do these people interact with their environment? They are... They every they 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 float things that are close to them. They do not have arms because if you imagine a cucumber with arms, you get it's very horrifying. Scared. So think about. and hard to animate. So, it's hard to animate arms and hands. You know. So instead, when Larry the cucumber is playing a guitar, the guitar is like just kind of on him, just kind of floating in mm-hmm. front of him. There's a guitar strap, but if you, in case you don't realize, straps require shoulders to stay up. So there is a strap, but it's like it's mm-hmm. a whole thing. <laughs> You just sort of uh, suspend your disbelief. It's like we need some way for this these vegetables to be able to pick up items, so they just they just they just kind of wave float around in front mm. of them. <laughs> it's it's a little unsettling, and they they're very like aware. I think the animators um, of how mm-hmm. silly that looks, and there are like visual gags and stuff of you mm-hmm. know how how are you holding that and that kind of thing. Like it's it's acknowledged mm-hmm. within the canon. Oh, I will tell you. There's probably not a very good way to give them arms yeah. and legs. No, it would so. be extremely <laughs> disturbing. But it's just, it's funny how the, the writing and dialogue is, like, self-referential of that. It's just, it's mm-hmm. a very smartly written show. Just in mm-hmm. in the way that everything is kind of pieced together and the comedic timing. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's definitely children's media, but it has... It has stuff that's, like, enjoyable kind of at any age. Um, And at the end of the day, most of the morals are pretty, like, pretty okay. And not super centered around an active Christian god. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, some of them are, but even then, they're not, like, they're not... You don't get the idea that these people are conservatives. There's no anti-gay episode as far as i'm aware i've heard like people say yeah i remember there was one but i don't i think that's one of those you know collective accidental imagining situations oh the oh the mandela effect yeah okay um (laughs) so like the moral of this one is every gift is given for a reason and god expects us to use our gifts wisely which you know who cares and using yeah, sure. our gifts for our own purposes never lasts, which is an interesting way to phrase that, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, Do it for the greater good, not for your personal good, which is not, not the worst message mm-hmm. to tell. Um, so, yeah, but... Yeah, so like I said, it's, it's just it's just then listen to who the who the greater good who's telling you what the greater mm-hmm. good is at that point. In the last few years, again, like they've they've stopped using 
God quite as actively. Um, and I think mm-hmm. in some of the er- like early, early stuff that were the direct like Bible retellings, um, people have now kind of critiqued them for, you know, there's there's some anti-Semitic kind of tones in, in some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, just they, they they do have a very uh, a relatively racist little Mexican yeah. word. <laughs> there's um, that's yeah, that's one of one of the big downsides. And there's this one article that's floating around if you look up like veggie tales and um, like critiques where there was a, a mm-hmm. I think kind of just a very it doesn't seem to be a very formal study conducted by some uh, like I'm not sure if they were linguistics or like sociology students um, but they were mm-hmm. you know doing just a blind listening of veggie tales episodes and they were like huh it's weird how all of the good guy characters have like american accents and all of the evil sound like the evil characters have some form of foreign accent either mexican Mm -hmm. or um eastern european or there there are some pretty horrendous asian ones english there are Mm -hmm. yeah and the way of course fox news spun that however many years ago was you know veggie tales is being canceled by the left and that's not what that's not what anyone is saying, but also, it's a children's show about talking vegetables, and it's mm-hmm. not actually getting canceled anytime soon, as it turns out. It turns out it's getting nominated for yeah, Amy's or and has an ongoing Netflix thing with like new episodes. One of the other places you can stream Veggie Tales, if you're curious, is on Pure Flix, which I don't know if you are you familiar with Pure Flix, Daisy. I am familiar with with, with a, one of its sister sites back back way back when. Is it what what? Tell me what Pureflix okay. is. This this is just something I find funny because I hate I hate this streaming service. So we much. we could we we could probably do a whole episode on like Christian oh, probably video rentals. But <laughs> just their mission is to select God honoring media that strengthens your faith and values, is wholesome and suitable for the entire family, and streamed seamlessly on any device. Um, okay, so it's it, it's nef- it's Netflix, but it's Christian. Christian Netflix, and some of their original media that they have like put money into funding is wildly problematic and in a really funny mm-hmm. way, like oh, in, in a, a funny way, like, okay. in a like problematic way, but in a funny way. In a funny way. <laughs> Are you familiar with like God's Not Dead? Um. I remember hearing a little bit of buzz about it when it came out. Maybe but I'll not really. maybe my ne- one of my time. next segments will be on God's Not Dead. I would love to. I oh would love my that, honestly. God! It's <laughs> anyways. So Veggie Tales. The way that it relates to this is the same way that you know Lord of the Rings and Tolkien relate to Lord this. Lord of the Rings. It's mm-hmm. for some reason they place this semi-Christian vegetable story into. A fantasy mm-hmm. world, which I actually find kind of funny, considering like the backlash that so many Christians have um, done against fantasy forms of media, mm-hmm. um, particularly the Harry Potter franchise. But I can imagine that Tolkien has also seen, you know, not near, not near so, so many, many because yeah. of course, like Harry Potter was very, you know, very modern, very in your face. Your child could be a witch. Yeah. 
<laughs> but there's just it's it's just it's kind of fun and funny to see um, something that is you know the the highest ranking form of Christian children's entertainment just being like yep elves and stuff. <laughs> yep, elves, elves and, stuff. and stuff and sports. Because even even though even though Tolkien himself was a devout Catholic, um, he uh, had a lot of uh, he drew most of his inspiration from uh, like old English and Nordic mythology. Like Beowulf mm-hmm. was a big one for him, which not Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all. So, um, oh, I do have a fun, another fun fact about Lord oh, yeah. of the Beans um, because it it, it so. It, it is so similar to the source material from which it is par- par- parodying that it is actually banned from sale in New Zealand. <laughs> what? <laughs> New Zealand is like you're getting too close to that intellectual to that to that really really long series of uh, tourism adverts that we had Peter Jackson put out. So you actually can't sell that sh- that that movie in our country. That is bonkers <laughs> and really funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's, that's me for the week. Veggie, Veggie Tales. Tales. That's pretty, that's, that's a pretty good one, honestly. Um, yeah, it's like, it's nice and broad that you can go into deep dives about specific things without, like, sacrificing the thing too much. Whereas, I went, I'm gonna do the black, sp- the, like, this very neat, this very small and hardly developed conlang in Lord of but the Rings. But you Rings. know, like, a lot about it. I know everything, I know everything about Pretty, pretty much but there isn't an awful lot to know <laughs> word rip um okay so this is actually a pretty good place to stop we made it to good board we're not quite to the point where we need to get in just yet we could probably make it down to cromwell before needing to take a nap but this is a good time to end the podcast um thank you all for watching if you're watching us live or on a vod and thank you for listening if you're listening to us uh in podcast form once we upload all these podcasts to uh, Spotify and Anchor.fm and a whole bunch of other places. Um, if you want to catch this live every week around 9 a.m., that's when we're going to be streaming more of this. Um, and you can also watch me play video games on twitch.tv slash lackadaisical. That's lackadaisical, but with kill at the end. Uh, Jude, if you want to plug your, plug your Instagram. Uh, you can follow my, my drag and semi-work-related Instagram at instagram.com slash uh, misgender underscore WPG um, or follow me on TikTok because apparently I'm good at TikToks now. Um, yeah. You, you you had that one famous one where every, it's just, you're just a bunch of gays so opening many, your secret Santa yeah. presents. <laughs> and it has many thousands of views but my TikTok is just misgender because that wasn't taken yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I think it, it was already taken on on Instagram, yeah. Twitter on Twitter and Instagram, and I think also on Twitch. Really mm-hmm. enough, but yeah. Uh, but in any case, uh, thank you all for watching or listening or joining us on our journey. Uh, may the road rise up to meet you. Bye.